There we go. So now we're rolling. You want to probably don't say anything embarrassing at this point um, because because our audio guy likes to have fun sometimes. An industry under pressure. Innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. Hey everyone, welcome back to another high-flying episode of the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network. This episode and all the episodes in the show are brought to you by our very good friends at Cognite. Um, we do love our sponsors at OGGM because, uh, well, number one, they, they, they pay the bills and, and they make it all possible. I mean, without, without their assistance, this doesn't happen and you would have nowhere to go uh, for all this fantastic content. But we also love them because every one of the sponsors that we work with at OGGN does really good things for the industry. They're, they're, they're good people. They do good things. And uh, so you should have no reason not to check them out and see what they are doing. In the case of Cognite, they're doing some, uh, they're doing some amazing things with industrial data. We talk about that a lot on this show. So there's a little thing that they want you to know about them. Uh, and it goes like this, imagine your company fully digitalized, transformed and sustainable. Cognite helps you make data do more for faster, safer, more sustainable industrial operations. And you can learn more at, and you probably thought I was going to say Cognite.com, which of course you can go there, but they have a, a, an even cooler spot. Uh, you could go to, to the website, makedatadomore.cognite.com, and you will undoubtedly find out how to make data do more. Okay. That is it. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll say some more good things about Cognite at the end, as I usually do. We do love those guys. Uh, I also have some great guests today, and we're going to be talking about um, probably among other things methane detection. But first, I have to tell you that uh, OGGN is back in full swing. Not only do we have new shows uh, coming out, new podcasts that have just recently been, uh, especially uh, if you like the tech show, then you need to listen to the Oil & Gas Digital Doers show, which is kind of my sister program where, where we talk not so much about the technology, but we really get into some great stories about how people are making progress and getting digital done in the oil and gas industry. And we've got a bunch of other shows. So if you go look at... Um, the OGGN website, which coincidentally is OGGN.com. You can see all the podcasts there. We have some fantastic new hosts, lots of good stories being told. Also, we have got live, real in-person events happening. We've started up. Uh, we're going to have very soon here. Well, when you listen to this, it probably will have already happened because it's just in a couple of days. But we're having we are the return of the OGGN uh, famous happy hour events starting in Houston and hopefully will happen in other cities very soon. So uh, real life, in-person stuff. Uh, in fact, uh, Mark and Paige and I were just in Denver last week uh, for, for a speaking engagement with a company. We were in a room full of uh, 40, 50 people. It was fantastic. And it's really great to be out there and seeing real people in person again. So look for all of that stuff. Go to OGDN.com. Today, I have uh, two. Uh, this is going to be a great one, I think, because the first thing that's going to happen 
is I'm going to try to say these guys' names correctly. And so, <laughs> so we have, um, so I'm going to, Alex, I'm going to start, uh, uh, I'm going to start with you. We have, we have Alex Depremont. Did I say that right? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that seems so unlikely, but it's nice of you to say that. No, 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 no. Um, for you. From, uh, um, from a company called uh, Kairos, that's spelled K-A-Y-Y-R-O-S. And Alex, I know that you're, I, I think you're the CTO, but I think you're also like one of the, one of the founders of Kairos. Is that right? Right. So in, in fact, I'm, uh, I'm in charge of science, in, uh, broadly speaking. Um, and uh, yes, so maybe I, I should start by saying a few words about Kairos itself. Um, yeah, yeah. But please go ahead. Yeah. Sure. So we were founded in, in something like 2016. We started talking a little bit earlier than that. And yep. um, if you go that far back, uh, maybe you remember that at, at the time, two things were booming. The first one was space. So it's an old story, but it's a new one as well. Yep. And, and so 2016, for example, is the early days of the Sentinel constellation from the European Union. The, the EU has this Copernicus program focused on Earth observation. And they are launching a sort of steady stream of satellites that monitor the Earth in real time in yep, a number yep. of ways, like radar, optical, etc. Mm -hmm. And then that starts uh, sometimes in 2016. And at the same time, and you've probably heard about that too. Um, yeah, sure. AI was booming. Um, right. Uh, and um, and so the combination of the two means that we have a lot of images now, and and you know, uh, radar images, uh, optical, uh, hyperspectral, etc. Plus, we have the means to process them. And, and the, the idea behind Keros was that like, we, we, we have now these, these means of continuously monitoring the Earth in, in more or less real time. Mm -hmm. And, and we, we can exploit that to follow uh, in the energy sector um, uh, in, in general and the oil and gas industry in, in particular. And, and if you remember 2016, it, it looks far back now because of everything that happened in between. But right, uh, right. A lot of key quantities were missing from the picture, and uh, in in a sense, uh, the, the, what our company is doing is is following the carbon atom from sort of cradle to grave in, to its entire uh, life cycle. And and if you think about some of the key quantities and information, the pieces of information that were missing about this this sort of carbon life cycle, one of the obvious things that was missing at the time was a, a picture of global oil stocks and and. Historically, at least, our, our first product was focused on that. We, we used the Sentinel constellation from the EU to produce a complete daily picture of, of crude oil stocks uh, worldwide. And, and maybe I can, this is a good opportunity to introduce, uh, let uh, Sylvain introduce himself and, and the products he's working on. Sure. Yeah, th thanks for that. I, I, it is, it's ex <laughs> I mean, I was excited when they could just pick out a picture of a cat. Right. That was, that was, that was pretty exciting. So, so I want to get, I want to, we definitely want to learn more about uh, the stuff that you're doing, but, but you're right. We should let, uh, so uh, here's my second attempt at saying the name correctly. Silvan Calisti, right? Is that that's, correct? Uh, that's perfect. More, more or less. Um, and I know you've been with the company um, for a few years, uh, but I, I think if I remember, you started out like as a product manager, and now you're now they've said congratulations, you're the COO. Uh, so it's all it's all on you now to make it to make it run. What and, and I know you, you you came from from Luke Oil, right? And you like have a background as a reservoir engineer and a petroleum engineer, so you're an industry guy. Um, what else What else do you want uh, folks to know? 
Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'm an Aggie first. Uh, yeah, and then there's also that, right? <laughs> That's right. So, so you French. sound exactly like an Aggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they call me the French Aggie. So uh, industry. I did a few years at Look Oil in the Middle East and, and in Houston, uh, and then I joined Kairos four years ago, building uh, a few products that uh, Alex talked a bit about, um, and then came back to Houston to to run operations here in the US. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think the, the the great things about what we do is the, this link between yeah. the things that Alex was talking about and, and delivering really the value to the industry. So on methane, uh, you know, for trading, on operations, I think many things to talk about today on that. Cool, all right, very good. I also, I, I think I saw something about you being um, an officer in the French Air Force, or something, something along those lines. Was that was that was that you that I saw that on your on in your background? In previous life, the, yeah, the, previous life. Yeah. So that was exciting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, always, uh, always good. And and you guys both, um, I think. So you both went to the same school originally, but like not at the same time, right? So and and I'm not going to try to say the name of what. Well, it, well, uh, it's uh, uh, the. Which one is the uh, Polytechnic. Polytechnic? Yeah, yeah, that yes, one. Yes, right? yes, yes. Yeah, that's so why you... we actually went through the army because it originally, at least, it's a military school. So we uh, all pretend to be to be soldiers for a year. Some of <laughs> some of us more convincingly <laughs> than others. <laughs> that's fantastic, and uh, and I didn't. Wa- I I, I uh, we skipped over Alex a couple of things about you that I think are like s- very interesting because because you said you were in charge of all things science, I think, or something like that for Kairos. But um, you're also in charge of a lot of science for for this little thing called the CNRS, right? Which is uh, um, the for the uninitiated, the French. Um, what what is it called? like national like scientific research right like yeah yeah exactly so I'm also a full time faculty and so I I basically uh, teach classes uh, do research uh, supervise PhD students and I've, yeah. I've been at CNRS for ten years now coming back from the US in uh, 2010 right right and right. Um, yeah so I have to essentially two jobs okay <laughs> well supervising PhD students sounds like two jobs all by itself. Uh, <laughs> well, it's basically doing research, and uh, <laughs> so so when you're so when you're doing the work at at CNRS, then like that's when Sylvain says, okay, like he's he's out of my hair with all that science stuff now, and I can get some of this operational stuff uh, uh, going. Because yeah, yeah, that's that's when the actual work gets done. The work gets done, right? Okay, all right. So let's talk about the work. Um, before we though get to um, your. Uh, some of those specifics I want to for our listeners let's uh, give a little context because we do have it's a, this is a pretty broad audience and people come from like even though everybody is probably more or less in oil and gas uh, as you know that can be completely different worlds depending on where you are so the thing that um, the background on this on this methane thing and I think um, I, I saw this article that Heart Energy wrote about you guys. And we'll put a link to this in the show notes, but it was a good article, I thought, um, as far as kind of setting the stage. Uh, and it, uh, in the headline of this article is, and you guys know which one I'm talking about, I'm sure, but uh, must have, that's, in, that's in, in quotes, must have technology for oil and gas industry to reduce carbon footprint. And of course, there's a few people right now who are interested in reducing carbon footprint. Um, so, you know, and then I think there was a little subtitle here that's got uh, 
It talks about the industry being, you know, held more and more accountable for its methane footprint and the right technology to detect and stop can, uh, uh, what is, uh, yeah, here we go, can help it turn this challenge into a golden opportunity. So you guys are creating golden opportunities. Get, what's the background of this? What is, how, it, how big of a problem is this methane thing for operators right now? And either one of you just feel like you guys know each other, so you can just like talk over each other or whatever you want to do. Sure, sure, sure. So maybe, maybe I could start, but so um, uh, the, the industry expert, of course, is Sylvain here. Um, so as part of the operation, so the, the uh, oil and gas operations leak uh, natural gas or, or methane. And, um, and so sometimes it's a, a sort of reasonable amount and it's a sort of natural process and it's fine, it's manageable. And, right. and sometimes it's a bit more accidental and the, 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 the quantities can, can become quickly relatively large. And, um, and the reason why it's a problem, well, methane is odorless, colorless. Uh, it, it's not always a safety hazard, but even though it's sort of considered as a pollutant. But the, the reason right. why methane is an issue is that over a 20-year time period, it's, it's roughly 80 times more potent than CO2 as a global warming uh, uh, gas. Okay, and so wait, say that again. So over how many years? 100? 20 years. Over so, a 20-year period, it's how yes. much more? It's, it's 80 times. And, and so um, um, basically, um, that's, that's even sort of underestimating the actual impact of methane because methane has a life cycle in the atmosphere of about 12 years. And so uh, it, it has the, releasing methane in the atmosphere has an immediate impact on global warming. Um, and, and it's something you can mitigate fairly straight, straightforwardly just by burning it, in fact. So sure, yeah. if, if you're going to do, you know, a minimal amount of effort to reduce the, the global warming impact of methane, you could simply burn it and flare right. it. Right. You could, you could burn it to, to power a uh, Bitcoin mining. Uh, yes, operation. yes. That, that adds a layer of complexity to the <laughs> operations, but it's an interesting twist. Yeah, and yeah. so, yes, yes, right. yes. But so basically, uh, it, it's something you should control. And, and until recently, again, because, you know, it's a, it's a, global, um, it's a global issue and, and we didn't really have any kind of global data set on, on methane leaks and methane emissions. Uh, it was very hard to understand uh, uh, the, the magnitude of the problem worldwide. We, we had a few documented large leaks uh, uh, in, in most major regions every year, say, but, but no global picture whatsoever. But what changed recently is that we now have uh, satellites continuously monitoring the Earth uh, for those uh, emissions. And we've realized by going through this data set uh, that the, the problem is much bigger than we initially thought. And that the impact of, of the cumulative impact of those leaks is, is fairly significant of the order of, you know, uh, the airline sector or something like that. So that, that's the, the tricky news. The, the good news is, yeah. is that yeah. it, it's, a, it's just a few leaks. It's, it's not that many of them. There are a few big ones that are responsible for most. I mean, it, we don't have a complete picture of the total, but, but at least a few big leaks are responsible for a lot of uh, methane emissions. And so because it's a few of them, they're, they're kind of easy to fix. And in yeah. fact, we see huge differences in operational standards between different uh, regions and regulations. And so it's doable. And, and that's the sort of interesting twist in the story is that, in a sense, if you follow the sort of cost curve of, of climate mitigation, uh, basically methane, mitigating methane ultrameters is probably the first item you, you stumble upon, right? It's, it's right, probably right. the lowest hanging fruit in, in, the, in the climate change picture. 
And so it's something we can do. And, um, and, and we now have the data to do it in a sense. Well, so that's the, that's the key, what you just said, right? So, um, and, and you just covered a lot of ground, um, which is great, but I, I want to back up a little bit sure. um, to, and, and um, Sylvain, maybe you can comment on this a little bit. It's what, what is the, uh, I mean, you've, you've come out of an operator environment, um, presumably you're out there working with customers. Is, is this really like front of uh, top of mind, front of attention for a lot of operators? Um, you know, how do, how do they kind of size this up in, in term, you know, alongside of all of the other uh, difficulties and challenges that they're dealing with right now? Where does this one rank? Yeah, I think it's it's been front and center for the last uh, six months to a year now. Um, there's been clearly a, a big switch in the in the way the public and the investment community has has seen this topic. And if uh, if the industry wants to keep its license to operate in the future, it's it's clear that um, uh, there has to be effort on, on this side uh, of the equation. Uh, so the good side of things is that we've seen operators extremely engaged on the topic. I mean everybody's coming to talk to us so that's super exciting and everybody's trying to understand the the root of the problem uh, uh, in great detail right, uh, right. Uh, yeah so I, i've been amazed how how the, the the exchanges and the discourse have changed in, in just a matter of of one year i would say uh, on this topic in particular right so um so i want to uh so how does that how does that go? All right, I, well, I guess what I'm thinking here is I just heard Alex say the good news is that there's only a few leaks out there, um, and um, but but then Sylvain, you said like all of the operators, you know, this is this is front of and center for the last six months. So what is our <laughs> if there if there's only a few leaks, why is everybody so concerned about this? Is it? Uh, I mean, are, are they are they anticipating more to come, or what's the what's there, the driver? There are two different stories, in fact. So uh, what we see is, is two things. We we see normal operations, and, uh -huh. and this is a lot of leaks, but but many of them reasonable in in size, and this is something that is being managed. So basins, for example, show huge methane enhancements. Uh, but but these are, most of these enhancements are part of normal operations and. Uh, uh, as operational standards improve, we expect these emissions to be reduced. Uh, pipelines are being laid to uh, to uh, exploit the gas itself, etc. So these are sort of normal basin operations uh, emissions, and 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 it's a lot of leaks, but um, uh, but it's it's something that's sort of somewhat understood and and that right. we can measure. And so there are many leaks, but again, they're part of normal operations. But, then, but in the aggregate, though, are they? In the aggregate, they are significant, the, for sure. Uh, yeah, but, 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 uh, but, but, you know, in, in some places, operational standards are higher or the gas is more valued. And in these places, you see the emissions getting lower. So that means that we have the technology to, to master, to, to manage these emissions. It's just right. a matter of implementation. Right. Got you. Okay. So that's that's the first part, and that th these are normal operations. It's what's typically reflected in inventories, uh, and and so th this is one part of the story. And then there's a second part of the story, which is large accidental emissions, right? And, right. and this is what we discovered using this new Sentinel Five P satellite from the EU uh, uh, Copernicus uh, program, right? So this this satellite goes over the Earth every day. 
And that, that's something new. We didn't have that kind of high-frequency information. Uh, and it, it produces an image of every place on Earth at a 5 by 7 uh, pixel resolution. And it, it's been designed to highlight methane. And, and what this has... So wait, so, so the whole satellite was designed to highlight methane? Uh, methane plus a number of other gases. But it, okay. it's, it's precise enough in its uh, sort of detection of the signature of the gas in the atmosphere to be able to say that, that you know, this is definitely methane. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. important, right? Because you, you could uh, sometimes uh, uh, mix uh, CO, carbon monoxide, for example, and methane, sure. depending on the, the, your instrument. So, but but this one is very precise in that sense, and it, and and the, the, the in in a way the, the real innovation is is that it was the first monitoring satellite out there. So it's there every day, and of course, depending on weather, sometimes you do get a picture, sometimes you don't. But because the satellite is there every day, at least every day you get a shot. Right. And that, that, that's great because it it, it gives it a, a a lot more precise and timely data on on these accidental events. And these tend to be rarer, but more massive. So that's the second part of the picture. We also see a number of very large leaks that represent a very significant amount of methane. Right. Which, which before, okay, so, 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 so I'm following you. So previously, we didn't have a real good way to detect it. So um, like most things, uh, the problem starts with, do we have the data or not? So, um, so now we have a source for the data, which is, is the satellite. What, and what, what is the name of the satellite again? You said it a minute ago. It's uh, Sentinel-5P. So, okay, Sentinel-5P. So now that we have Sentinel-5P, we have a source of the data. But now, and this is where um, I want to go uh, uh, kind of back to more the operational point of view, because Silvan, I, I know, so you're coming from a oil and gas operations background. So you know that when it comes to this industry and trying to uh, take these inventions and these innovations and things and, and go from basically like the, like the lab into the real world and, and create a solution that you can operationalize and deploy and actually integrate into the operations. Like that's a whole nother piece of work. Right. So, um, so how do you, so, so we have a data source and that's fine. We have lots of data sources in oil and gas. Right. And most of the time, most people don't know what to do with all the data sources that they have. So now that we have, we have this, this satellite data that can actually identify this stuff. How, how have you been able to actually, cause I'm thinking if I'm, if I'm in the business right now, I'm thinking, okay, that's great. That's another new invention in the tech world that now I got to try to figure out how to integrate into all my stuff. So how, how, how does that come together into a product that I can actually use? Yeah, so I think the, the first answer to that is uh, on the technology side is uh, delivering um, a signal to our customer that's uh, that's actionable for them. Uh, so from the satellite that gives you concentration of gas, uh, our AI system, they, they combine this with a number of other uh, factors like weather, etc., to give you um, a clear uh, um, detection of a leak and... and uh, uh, quantification of the methane uh, on the ground. Um, that said, then, it's really about working with the, the operators themselves to integrate that into their uh, current workflows. So right. this, this is a new issue. So this is something we're all learning together. Um, there's clearly, uh, and we can talk a little bit about that, some um, complementarity between what we're doing with other means that are uh, on the ground, you, you know, either sensors on the ground or people flying drones or aircrafts 
mm-hmm. uh, to look right. at, at more detail into these leaks. Um, and so combining those together little by little, we're coming together with systems for operators that, that make sense that, that, that are directly actionable for the, for the operations team on the ground. Right. So, so how does that, what does that look like in, in, uh, um, so let's say I'm, or, and I'm not, and, and I guess it depends on who are you really like, which groups are you working with and how does, how does their world change after, you know, if I was, if I was the, 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 the manager of whoever these people are that you're working with. And I came in and I said, Hey, good news, everybody. We just bought this uh, new thing from Kairos and it's going to help us. Uh, like, w- like what happens then? So, so the idea is that uh, there are already means to, to follow methane leaks on the ground, like uh, flights, for example, or drones, mm-hmm. as you said. But, but in a sense, these, these, uh, these airplanes fly blind because they can only cover so much ground in a single day. And, um, and it's not clear initially where you want to send them. And so uh, the, the, the images we get from satellites are a great way to sort of target those flights. So you, you have limited means of, of uh, supervision, uh, supervising infrastructure, but the satellite allows you to target them in, in, in regions that are, uh, uh, you know, hotspots of emissions. So mm-hmm. in a sense, the satellite provides a sort of big picture, and, and then that allows you to target your ground sensors or your flights towards those regions of interest. Right, right. How, how do... It's a much more effective use of, of, of these means, basically. And 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 how does that um, what uh, h- how does that come into my like like how do I see that? I, uh, so and I'm not and I'm sorry and I'm not familiar with your uh, with your software exactly. So you have is it is it a, is it like a a, a data feed that uh, that shows up in other places or um, or are you delivering some sort of like uh, like user experience that people can navigate? It, it's basically a map. So we, we do, again, there are these two problems I mentioned initially, the basin scale emissions and the ultra emitters. And we, we basically provide two maps. We provide a first map of very, very large sources like ultra emitters, 20 tons of, uh, of methane an hour and more. And, uh, and, and these are typically uh, a pipeline, along pipelines or compressor stations. Mm-hmm. And then we also provide um, uh, measures of, of emissions at the basin scale. And we sort of attribute those emissions to uh, uh, areas that are sort of county level, county scale. And, and these images, this these second map, allows you to target your flights, for example, or your ground sensors to, to identify the, the precise source of these emissions. We also have uh-huh. satellites that are, that, that there's a sort of, Every year or so, a new satellite coming up online to, to da- target methane at a high resolution. So we also have satellites that allow you that you can uh, uh, task or that, that you can monitor in, in very high resolutions and that allow you to, to attribute the source of your emissions very yeah, precisely yeah. to the infrastructure on the ground. Right, right. So now, so then, and then, um, okay, so that's good. So I, I, I think I have a good picture now of like how the, what all the parts of the software are now. Um, so you're working with, um, and Sylvan, you mentioned that, that everybody is talking to you, which, um, is always nice <laughs> when, you, when you're in the, in the tech business. Um, 
any any like good stories uh i mean i don't mean you don't have to name names or anything but but what are you seeing what are some like because we've been talking about this a little bit in the abstract so what are you seeing uh people in terms of the actual uh results or or actions that they've been able to take as a result of doing this um alex do you want to take this one well, so for us initially, the, the, um, the, um, the, when we started doing this, uh, of course, we, we had very little ground truth because there was no prior data set on, on, methane, uh, on large methane. Sure, leaks, right? sure. So our, our first idea was to try to calibrate our, our measurements and, and make sure that they match what people see on the ground. And, uh, <laughs> and the great right. source of that is pipelines. So we detect a lot of uh, large uh, uh, emissions around pipelines and compressor stations. And when we do, we usually contact the operator to uh, let them know and, and ask for details and just open the discussion, right? Uh, in a completely constructive way. And 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 the good news. Oh, about- okay, okay. So I had so that's I, I hadn't caught that that nuance, right? Which is that you're just surveying stuff, right? Because you've got the capability, different regions, and and you're identifying. A potential opportunity to make something better, and then you get in touch with the people uh, whoever's operating that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so the that, good news about pipelines. So is you're the methane that, police, really? Yes. No, we're not really yeah. policing anything. <laughs> we, we we don't have any kind of law enforcement mandate. But, but we just uh, spread around the uh, information, and it's a great way to start a conversation. Saying, you know, by the way, we saw forty tons over your infrastructure last uh, last summer, and um, and no, but I mean, also for us, it's it's very important because we need to understand exactly what's going on on the ground. And also, the good news about pipelines is that they're actually pipes. So you know exactly how much methane there is in them. And so right. we can match the amount we've measured with the amount that the operator, when you when you start venting 40 tons an hour, you usually know right. that. And so we, we can compare their data with ours. And, and most of these discussions are pretty frank and, and constructive. And, and so we, we started doing that early on, and it's been a very interesting conversation with many people. I, you know, it's a, <laughs> I can al- so I'm already. I can imagine. I can already imagine the movie that's being made right now, where you've got some sort of renegade like oil and gas operators out there somewhere, and and they know when your satellite is coming, right? And, <laughs> and the alarm goes off that says the Sentinel Five P is is approaching, and they they do some sort of thing to to diffuse the signal, right? And uh, yes, throw, yes, yes, throw you off their trail. <laughs> But hey, so. we, 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 we have something back in, a, uh, in our back buttock in our sleeves about that too, because there, there are actually many satellites to track methane. There's also Sentinel 2, Prisma, there's going to be NMAP, ISUI on the International Space Station, etc. The list goes on and on. Sure. So if you're going to start doing that, you're, you're going to be very busy for most yeah. of the year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think okay. what we've seen in general with our technology is that transparency is a state of mind, you know. And yeah. Once people have, you know, that once they see it, then they, they, it's just a new new way of operating. So uh, they don't see us as the police. I really don't think so. It's yeah. No. I, I was just, I was just having fun with that, but yeah. but, no, it, no, but sure. it, it's great because the thing the thing is is it's a great business development um, kind of approach for you. Uh, because rather than knocking on people's doors and saying, "Hey, we have this thing that you probably should buy," you're actually sort of doing a service first, right? And um, and it's got value, uh, and 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 so that's great. And if I'm if I'm on the business side, 
um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to know that, uh, somebody's out there just kind of, I, I talk about this a lot of times on the show and also on the, on the other one where the, the industry is becoming much more open to kind of cross collaboration, um, and like, like doing things that help out the industry as a whole, because it's, you know, we're not just, you know, oil and gas companies aren't just competing with each other anymore. Like the whole industry is competing, right? To to exist, and um, and so I, I, it seems to me like, uh, whereas if you if you were to go back ten or fifteen years ago, or maybe less than that, um, everybody wanted everybody else to very much stay out of their business. Um, but now, like, there's this sort of new uh, uh, like spirit of collaboration, and we're trying to do this over here, and you're kind of watching our back over there. And I mean, is that Am I am I am I romanticizing this, or is that kind of like what what you guys are seeing when you're out there talking with folks? There's, there's probably a bit of that for sure, and and in a way that there's a bit of a paradox about our product because the, in a, in a sense our, our images as are most valuable to the industry when absolutely nothing happens when we don't do anything, <laughs> yeah, right? So right, it's exactly, a negative sure. product. So hey, great news today. We haven't seen anything, and right. and so. That, that's probably one way we see uh, our product helping the industry. We You get all these images that certify that, that there were essentially no leaks around your infrastructure on a particular time period. And this basically shows that your gas is clean. So natural gas is going to be a, a big part right. of the energy transition, but that only works if the gas itself is exploited it's clean, uh, right, cleanly. Right. And, and we can certify that. And that, that's going to be important moving forward. Uh, but it's it's something we can do as well. It's of course less spectacular than showing images of massive emissions somewhere in a deep uh, desert. Right. But right. Uh, but but it's uh, in in practice it's much more important, especially for regulators. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's a yeah, it's an objective uh, view, right? Exactly. It's a it's it's something that uh, the data itself is open. So the the Sentinel program is completely open source. All the images are out there. Of course, it takes a lot of work to exploit them, but you know, it's it's something you can verify independently. And, and that's yeah. where I think this this methane issue becomes an opportunity for operators that uh, that are uh, uh, you know in advance in terms of these, these technologies that, um, as Alex was saying, gas is going to be a clear a need for the energy transition, clean gas, and clean gas is going to be able to be sold more expensively. You know? So um, if you can certify that, that your gas is clean, definitely in the near future, this will be gas that will uh, exist a, a higher price. Right, right. So how do you, so how, and, and I guess, I, I'm understanding better now what you're doing. So how do you engage with customers? Is it primarily this uh, kind of this service that says uh, we've, we're have we monitoring and here's what we've found? Or are you actually giving them uh, like data and software to use in-house to like how what's the how do people engage with you? We're a SaaS company. So we, we basically provide services online or APIs. Right. So our, our, our emissions service is essentially these, these maps I mentioned earlier, uh-huh. and then uh, inventories and uh, and and basically uh, uh, maps of, of emissions at basin scale to quantify the, the uh, right, emissions right, right. embedded in gas being exported from a certain basin, for example. 
Yeah, so I subscribe or whatever, and and now I've kind of got this this cloud based view of this these maps and and these different indicators that I can use to to keep up with. Um, um, do I? So if I subscribe, do I? Is there some sort of setup where, um, like, where I get where I, uh, I I get information about the regions where I'm where my pipelines are, or where my wells are, or or like how do you how do you focus it for the particular customer yeah you can map that on, on top of uh, of your existing infrastructure and in fact um, again sylvain can talk a bit more about that but we have a product monitoring operations in in a title basins on a sort of real-time basis at very high resolution using also satellite so we, we know exactly uh, a, a drill and frag dates for every specific operator on every specific well and then maybe Sylvain, you can uh, describe the product a bit more precisely, but that that's also part of our offering. And so both right. products sort of go together in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the interesting part here is that the this is uh, our technology in general beyond methane. You know, monitoring things by satellites and alternative data. Um, our um, our vision is that this is a new way to operate assets, and so our whole technology revolves around uh, our clients' assets. So if you want, once you access your platform, you have your own assets or your competitors' assets or the industry assets in general on the platform, and you are able to um, get action information on those assets specifically. Uh, So everything is asset-centric in the way we work. Right, right. And actually, so you bring up a good point, because I've been very focused on this methane discussion, but you're, you, you're, you're, you're doing a number of different things with this capability. Is that right? You know, beyond the beyond the methane. Yes, exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so methane is, is uh, something we've been working on for the last two years now. Uh, but as Alex said, we started with uh, the community trading community, uh, especially oh, right, right, right. where we, we track the oil and gas infrastructure, especially uh, oil storage from space, and so that gives uh, actionable insights for, for the traders. Um, and more and more uh, people are using these AI technologies uh, on their own assets or their competitors' assets to uh, to operate better. You know, uh, so one good example uh, is on pipelines. Too, Alex was talking about it on the missing side, but uh, one issue one one big threat to those pipelines in the u.s especially is encroachment from people you know that can uh, for example farmers that will dig uh, next or directly on the pipeline right away <laughs> right uh, right they, those pipelines are inspected on uh, so depending on the type of pipeline but let's say on a bi-weekly basis from from aircrafts uh, and so here uh, our space technology gives a, a very strong visibility on assets that uh, they could only revisit on every two weeks uh, with the current technology. So uh, people use our technologies to to look at encroachment on a daily basis from space on, on those pipelines and and have safer operations. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Um, and in fact, you just reminded me that we skipped over. You know, or I guess we, we glossed over something that's actually one of the big challenges with this type of uh, technology is actually the training, right? Train, you know, because mm-hmm. in order to, to have the AI capability, you have to you have to train uh, the the machine learning to know what it's recognizing, right? Mm-hmm. So um, ha- is so is it? 
I, I'm guessing you've made a lot of progress on that. Has that is, is that an ongoing process where you're continually training to recognize new things and and uh, um, um, and and identify other types of scenarios? Yeah, yeah. For us, it is in particular because we are assimilating the new sources come online every year or so, or even at higher right. frequency, new satellites, and and so for every one of them, we need a new processing pipeline and and a new signal processing pipeline, etc. And so we 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 basically design a new pipeline for each of these sources, and and all of them have different characteristics in terms of false positives and quantification error, etc. And so, yeah, it's an ongoing work for sure. Yeah. So I, I guess what I'm thinking is um, th- there were so many, um, so there are so many companies, you know, operators and service companies in oil and gas that have tried to do a lot of that stuff in-house. And it's a long, difficult, um, you know, it's, you know, and so they have like, they hire fleets of data scientists and, and, uh, and all, all, you know, there's this whole effort around that and it's, and it's huge and they end up, um, sometimes not, you know, making a lot of progress. So, um, or, or progress is very slow, I guess I should say. So I, I think I'm just thinking that one of the, one of the benefits, uh, for working with you is gotta be that, you know, you're, you're streamlining all of that, that, that part of it, right? So now I can just consume that service instead of worrying about um, how do I like you know all, all the all the effort that goes in behind the scenes to make that type of AI uh, capability work. Yes, yes, I, I know. I feel like I just did a commercial for you, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> please go ahead. Then, no. Yeah, but <laughs> but 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 so whenever people talk about new stuff, right? I'm, I'm always kind of thinking like, okay, like how do we? How do we like get that? How, like, how do we integrate that into the business, and how does it create value? Um, and uh, and so that's where, yeah, that's where I'm, where my head is going there. No, absolutely. I think if you talk to any data scientist, uh, especially in our in our industry, uh, he probably spends 70, 80 percent of his time preparing clean data. You know, that's yeah. Well, well, fifty percent well, of that time he sp- spends complaining about how he has to spend seventy to eighty percent of his time <laughs> getting clean data. But, but yes, I, I follow the the logic. Yeah, that, that's happier, so he even saves on the complaining time. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, but but yeah, the, this is the real uh, real pain point behind AI is to have these uh, clean data sets on which to to have the foundations of of the system, and and that's clearly one of the things we deliver to. Those companies who already have data science, uh, you know, strong data science capabilities. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. big ones. Yeah, mm. right, right. Um, no, it's good. It's great. And this, uh, this, this is a, a great. Um, it's a great topic. It's interesting to think about uh, all the different ways. Um, and kind of going back to what Alex said at the beginning about there's the regular operational stuff uh, that's manageable, but but does need to be managed. And if you're not monitoring it and doing something about it, um, you you have to be continuously improving. Then there's the big issues where if I have a big leak, boy, I'd sure like to hear about it from you guys calling me up first before I hear about it from somebody else. Um, so, um, so I think it, it's it's good stuff. We could talk about it for quite a while, but I'm looking at the clock and we don't have quite a while. We're kind of at that window where people might stop listening. So, what? Uh, <laughs> how do people learn more about what you guys are doing? I'll, we'll put a link to this Heart Energy article in the show notes. But what else? Uh, how do how do people learn more about all this stuff? 
Well, we we have a website like everybody else, but we're also communicating with the press regularly on on some of our, our results, and and we're also publishing papers with the scientific community. It's a bit early for me to mention specific results, but but our idea is also to co collaborate with with academics and and with uh, public efforts on on uh, uh, mapping methane leaks to to produce sort of global surveys. We are talk talking to the IEA as well, so our data is out there both in the press and in scientific journals and uh, uh, international institutions. And then we hope that we, we sort of have a public service component uh, in, in that sense. So right, we are right. there. And, and, um, and if you uh, Google um, a large methane emitter uh, sometime in the next month or two, you should see <laughs> interesting paper, scientific papers around. Uh, ah, very good. Yeah, we can, that, that'll, <laughs> little uh, uh, teaser note there. And, and by the way, I think I, I think, and, and your website is, is kairos.com. I think I, when I, at the beginning of the show, I spelled it wrong when I said it. Um, it's K-A-Y two R's. OS, right? K-A-Y-R-R-O-S. That's right. Dot com. Yeah. So I think I said it with two Y's in the beginning. So uh, for those of you at home who are taking notes, uh, go back and erase that part. But what, so I, and I meant to ask you this earlier and we'll just wrap up on this because it's, I always, I'm always interested to know how company names come about. So how did, what, what, what is this? Uh, is there any story behind how you named this company? And if there's not, we'll just cut this part off the recording and no one will know that I asked yeah. this question. Chaos <laughs> is basically the Greek god of opportunity. So ah. <laughs> now you get it. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Is that Yeah, it? yeah. And it's it's yeah. actually flying, believe it or not. <laughs> I did not know that. My um I, I have to confess that my kids uh, who are all grown now are much better at, uh, at Greco-Roman mythology well, in, than in I fact They learned quite a bit more. You're completely on target there because it, Antoine Rostand is, is the lead co-founder co and, and I think it's, his, uh, it's uh, his son who suggested the name. Yeah, okay, there you go. It's, yeah, it must be... Uh, some, they, they left a lot of that out when I was going to school, but I guess they've brought it back, So, which is good because uh, lots of good lessons to be learned from those stories. All right, very good. So... Alex and uh, Sylvan, thank you very much for uh, spending some time today. I forgot to mention that um, we're not all, uh, we're, uh, so only two of us are in Houston. Um, uh, we, you know, Sylvan, you're in Houston, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And Alex is in Paris. So that's why we had to use the remote configuration today. Um, but, uh, um, and, and so we're not at, at the fabulous cannon on the west side of Houston. Uh, however, we will be there in two days uh, for for a big happy hour event. So, so um, uh, uh, Alex, you're probably not going to make that one. But I wish. Uh, but but Sylvan, if you're if you're around uh, this Thursday, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be having uh, one of our big uh, OGGN happy hours. But uh, thank you guys and uh, appreciate you making time. We'll put all this stuff in the show notes. I just have a couple of um, and. Um, I, and Alex, I was going to say we'll let you go because it's probably dinner time for you. Although it's only, it's only uh, what what is it? It's uh, six, six o'clock. Yeah, yeah, it's it, fine. I, yeah, but you don't. But you guys don't eat dinner till like nine o'clock at night. Absolutely, right? but but we have an early aperitif. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, yes, we do that. We call that martini time at my yeah. house. So yes, absolutely. Okay, well, we'll let you get going for that. I just have a couple of more things. Uh, thank you guys. I got a couple more things to wrap up here. 
And uh, um, I want to mention our sponsor again, Cognite, uh, also doing amazing things with new with data in new ways. Uh, check them out at Cognite.com. You can also, uh, well, so there's this thing called the OGGN Street Team. And if you're not on it, then you ought to be on it because the street team is now on the streets again and uh, they're doing stuff and it's a great way to get involved with OGGN, with the industry. Um, you get into all of our events for free, you get a cool hat and you get to say you're part of the street team. Uh, it's, it's just a great way to get out from behind the Zoom calls and do something in real life. And uh, you can connect with OGGN on our website, uh, sign up, get on the mailing list, find out all about all the new cool events that are coming out. I will do a little teaser of my own here. There might be something for OTC and it might be at a very cool venue here in downtown Houston. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and finally, thanks as always to our audio fixer guy, Mr. Mac Roman, who's going to make us sound fantastic on this one, just like he does for all of them. And the very next thing that you're going to hear is Savannah Wilson with our events on deck. Hey everybody, it's Savannah from OGGN, and here are the events on deck for June 2021. This month we have six events, but if you'd like the full list, you can click the link in the show notes to sign up for our events newsletter. We send it out every month, and it includes more info about the events that I talk about here. We even include events that occurred two months ahead of time, so if you're interested in always staying in the loop about oil and gas events, make sure to check that out. This month, OGGN will be hosting two events. One is online and one is in person. For our online event, we're hosting a live stream titled Deal Value Creation, M&A and ONG. This is gonna be on June the 2nd. And for our in-person event, we're relaunching our happy hours. It's been far too long since we had a good happy hour, so I'm sure plenty of you will be excited to hear that our next happy hour will be at the Cannon in Houston, Texas on June 24th. At this event, you'll be able to meet some of OGGN's hosts and network with other oil and gas industry professionals, all while enjoying great food and drinks. We hope to see you there. Other than OGGN's events, we have two in-person and two online events. First up, we have our two in-person events, which are the Energy Capital Conference on June 2nd at the Omni Houston Hotel and the U.S. Police and Fire Championships from June 10th to the 21st. The Police and Fire Championships will be hosted in multiple locations, so make sure to check out our events newsletter for more information about that. Next, we have our two online events, the first being the Post-Industrial Summit Series. This event actually started on May 4th, but it'll be ending later this month on June 22nd, so there's still plenty to see. And our second online event is the Big Data Industry Summit from June 9th to 10th. If you have any questions about these events or any of our shows, make sure to reach out to me through my email in the show notes. That's all for June. I hope you guys have a great month and thanks for tuning in. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.